You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 293rd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in rainy Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt in beautiful, sunny, why am I indoors right now, Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston on this beautiful and blustery Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning. There's that, 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 fr- Try again. Nobody is knows. Sunday morning. It's Sunday afternoon. I think it doesn't matter anymore, you yeah. guys. I don't know what's <laughs> going know, on. Spencer... I dare you to prove that it's Sunday. Prove it. How would you prove that? Nobody knows. Well, uh, science has long struggled with this question. Um, yeah. There's no and, way to uh, know anymore. Yeah, no one's been able to give a good answer, um, except for um, that the big, big cobbled classics happen in, in, in France and Belgium, uh, you know, on Sundays. So since that didn't happen today, I'm mm-hmm. assuming it's not a Sunday. We oh, can cross that Spencer, one you're hmm. setting me up. What a great delivery of softball. Let me just hit this one out of the park. Tour of Flanders happened today. Really? Did it? It did. 13 of my favorite cyclists <laughs> signed up on Be Cool. Be Cool. Which apparently is the other Zwift. I There's so much to discuss here because there's Zwift and then there's Be Cool. And that Be Cool definitely won the race to do just like show a live event the best versus Zwift. So Spencer, did you watch the virtual lockdown edition of the Duranda? Now I know that we need to, uh, sort of, you know, hype this up for, I guess, because we don't have literally anything else to talk about, but no other bike racing. Yeah. Uh, no, that was not enough. Even with no other bike racing happening at all, it was not enough to bring me, to turn it on okay. and watch the stream. So I have no idea how this. I uh, watched it. I watched out. it. I watched it, was, it too. It was linked on the the Trek Racing website. Is how oh, I got wow. to it. Um, right. I think it was on a couple of other YouTube channels. I know Flow Bikes also had it. But I got to admit, guys, I wasn't going to watch it until I saw the start sheet. So yeah. we had yeah. uh, our Australian correspondent Michael Matthews. Mm-hmm. We had Thomas DeGent. We had Oliver Nason. Uh, Roach, Zednik Stybar was on there. And then, of course, I'm most excited about is uh, Remco Evanpole. And then you had also Wout, Tunison, uh, Tim Wellens, Eves Lampart, and then Betiol of uh, EF. So Did you did you even mention GVA? Well, oh, I did. forgot he about won. GVA. He won the thing, and you couldn't even remember him when you were listening well, to people who were in the Okay, race. so <laughs> GVA, GVA won. <laughs> Oliver Nason got second. And then third... And- Oh, no, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to who got third because it's, it's got to be a classics rider, right? Wasn't third Roach? Yeah, yeah. Noted classics rider, Nicholas Roach. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> you really stole my thunder there, little guy. You kind of threw me for a curveball, but uh, oh, sorry. okay, so GVA won. I watched it on Be Cool. I watched the majority of it. A couple of things. First so, off, 
I almost threw my computer across the room in disgust when Michael Matthews had the catastrophic problem of all problems when it looked like his inter- his internet went out because suddenly even though he was off the back his rider just stopped in the middle of the road now go to the slow ride pod on twitter there's a ton of other breaking news on there by the time you're listening to this we already broke the news that dirty kansas is getting rescheduled but anyways you'll see keep scrolling down you'll see the gif of the moment that michael matthews pulls the plug he does a great shoulder shrug looks like he's talking to someone off the screen and just kind of gives up. Now, here's the question. I assumed it was the internet went out. Mm-hmm. Do you guys, Spencer, do you think the internet went out in this situation? I know you didn't watch it, just hearing what I said. Or do you think he gave up? Uh, I mean, of course the internet went out, obviously. Like, if there was a virtual team car for him to grab onto, it, you know, maybe we could have salvaged the day. But uh, this, this new virtual world, it, it's not quite... It's not quite there yet. So like I, I can tell that this was a, a fantasy event uh, and not real world because, well, a my uh, GVA won and he should have got second. Um, <laughs> yeah. And two, Michael Matthews would never pull the plug. It just it is not a thing that would happen. He literally pulled the plug on his trainer. I think that's why he stopped. And, you know, well, sorry, maybe his kid did. To. Maybe his kid tripped over it. Yeah, we're yeah, going to have to check the tape. Something. Yeah. So here's the thing I want to talk about though, guys, because it was fun to watch. I like be cool because it was able to do godlike mode. Like when you're watching the video games, you could see that they went between the different riders. It was kind of fun. They had the insets of the riders, different setups of their pain caves. And uh-huh. that's what I want to actually spend mm-hmm. a little bit more time talking about here. Now, definitely quick step came ready to rumble because quick step clearly mailed their three riders in the post the podium backdrops like basically the trade show display mm-hmm. that says quick step behind them with a listing of all their sponsors like oh put that prominently in the photo so you got quick step taken oh, care of that yes. way remco going outside in the nice 70 degree belgian weather uh-huh. looking yep. looking like the future that he is but then we got some other ones that we need to talk about a little bit first off oliver nason is he in the yep. basement of a parking garage and held hostage in this video because there's nothing on the walls yeah. Nothing around. You can see AG2R did not invest anything whatsoever in the promotion of this event for their rider. They, I bet AG2R probably has some money in concrete. I feel like they've invested in some concrete because <laughs> he's got he's got some thick walls in that basement. He just owns like a really brutalist modernist house, man. He's obviously that's why that's why I've always connected with him. You got you got riders like uh, Toynison, Roach. And Betty all that you're you're clearly just in their living room. Like they they're, yeah. they're just like, oh, we'll just put our bikes here. They're bachelor they, style. They're just kind of throwing it all there together. Dishes. Yeah, they all they have apartments. They all seem to live in apartments. Yeah. That's that's they're, what we get from that. We learn the, about their lifestyle. The dishes are overflowing in the sink, you know. <laughs> Things are just not so good. Van Avermaet had a great kid appearance during the 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 end of the race after he yep. won. The kid came in and you know, it said, Dad, I'm proud of you. What's weird for the Avermaet thing is that it's like he's in a doorway, but then the camera is like still hooked up to like a desktop computer, so he couldn't like extend out the cables enough to to get like a straight on photo shot. So you're like, yeah. there's a weird tarp covering something like next to him. Like what's what's underneath the blue? No, there's a window next to him, but then in front of no. it, there's a blue sheet yeah. on the wall, little guy. Yeah, but that's just I think there's just two windows, and he had it over the one so that he wasn't too backlit. 
Yeah, uh, too okay. much. Right. Too much. He like, had the poster behind him too. He had the CCC poster it, behind him. So that could be the last time you ever see the CCC brand. The CCC. It, it could be a P behind his um, behind him too. It could say triple CP. That'd be weird. I, I do want to talk about Tim Wellens because apparently Tim Wellens has an entire trade show presentation like just in his house. Because it's, I felt like I was on the floor of Interbike walking by the Lotto Sudal book uh, booth looking at that. It's just, you know, pictures of him with his teammates behind him. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a fancy Zoom background. Mm-hmm. Let's say he yeah. felt like he had nine riders with him, you know? Yeah. And then, I don't know, overall, it was a fun race. DeGent had a promising setup with his TT bike behind him. Wouldn't mm-hmm. TT, wouldn't a TT, you think a TT bike was illegal in this event? Because I would think aero bars would actually be more beneficial here Sit for on. just like, to sit on. Yeah, but maybe his TT position is so strangely aggressive that it's just uncomfortable. Because they were everyone was kind of sitting up. I mean, not not super arrow, you know? I would say for the... <laughs> it was the perfect distance because I only watched like maybe like 25 minutes of it. I don't think I could watch like over an hour of it. But no. I'd do it again. I like the insight, the, the in-live cuts to the riders themselves. So, yeah, it was fun. Explain the experience to me. Was there commentary? Was yes. there a... Uh, yes. The commentary okay. kicked on about halfway through. Um, naturally, it had a English accent, so it really Love meant it. more. You yeah. know, like like you listen yeah, to the English you. accent, you're just like, oh, well, this is serious. Yeah, um, okay. Now, I have a couple of questions about, yeah. and maybe you maybe you won't be able to answer this, but I'm looking at, uh, at this uh, spread of riders we have competing. How... Did Quickstep get three riders in this race? And a follow-up, how did they lose when they had three riders in this race and no one else did? <laughs> they didn't even get on the podium. No tactics, really. That's the thing. Uh, the, it's that power. Was, yeah, there was, it was all power. There wasn't like a bunch of group riding. Evan Pohl went uh, out hot. Yeah, Evan Pohl looked awesome. He was off the front. I mean, he's definitely going to be the future Matthew Vanderpool. Um, I would say that uh, Walt Van Aert kind of just disappeared. Didn't really, you know, a lot of roller derby points were on Wout. Um, Spencer, it was weird because they they were in the Be Cool environment, which mm-hmm. looks like Zwift, except without all the people. Right. And and you were able to, like, it was more of a game. So, like, when you look at Zwift, Zwift, you're in a world, right? It's kind of like right. rainbows and unicorns. You're in an underwater tunnel. You're, like, riding through a volcano. Um, I knew this, actually, because I did a two-hour Zwift ride on Sunday because I was like, I'm, I caught the bud. But um, unfortunately, it didn't save. So Zwift, uh-huh. I don't know. Uh, I'm not really into it. Yeah. yeah right. So now you guys are going to be like, you didn't do the ride. I did. Yeah, I, uh, I, yeah. wrote up, I wrote up their version of Alpe d'Huez. It took me like over an hour. And then I get, I get mm. off. And then the computer's like, didn't upload because the internet connection was lost. Uh, anyways. Mm. Well, I didn't Strava my two-hour ride on the cargo bike either. So that didn't exist either. I guess. <laughs> That's rough. So Tim, Tim, you and Michael Matthews got something in common this week. Yeah, oh, that's it true. is. It's a very Shoddy good point. Connections. I think the biggest takeaway from this is the general uh, acceptance of modernism by by Europeans in, in their architectural and just home interior environments. And how if this was a bunch of American riders, there'd just be a bunch of knickknacks and crap everywhere. Oh, yeah. So here's this question for you, little guy. Are you yeah. more inclined to use Zwift or are you more inclined to sign up for Be Cool? I I really can't tell the difference. I don't. What's, I really don't know what's to. <laughs> Zwift always annoys me. I don't like the. I don't care about the places they're riding. If I could ride fake real places, that's cooler. So 
I so guess part of me be is, cool. Also, be cool sounds like a cool menthol cigarette. So I'm thinking of going to be cool just because not enough people are going to be there. So maybe I could be a higher ranked writer, right? Like then I could be like, oh, I thought it was cool before it was cool. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Be cool. I will say congrats <laughs> to be cool for winning the race to legitimize virtual cycling. Um, Zwift, where were you? I, you know, I know they had Matthew Vanderpool doing his thing. You guys were telling me about, um, but yeah, supposedly it didn't have GVA winning it. So what? Yeah, well, I so, think what was weird about the be cool is when the riders finished, there was a there was like an official car parked right behind the line, and they would cut to the shot of the rider finishing, and then the shot would cut away right before the rider would virtually slam into the car because they wouldn't <laughs> slow down. And it was very disconcerting. You'd be like, oh, there you go. Uh, Oliver Nason's getting second place. Why is this avatar not slowing down? He's going to hit that car. And then the, the video would cut away real quick. It's mm. weird. So, Spencer, are you ready to sign up for a Zwift race now after not watching this? Oh, I'm all in. This sounds amazing. Uh, it sounds like uh, I, I, something I can't get enough of, that's so, for sure. Um, and... You know, it's like you said, with the with the rankings, like that stuff's important. And I got to think GVA is counting his lucky stars that he's able to scoop up some valuable UCI points uh, in this uh, version of Flanders. Very, very good point that you just brought up there. I don't know if that continues over. I would assume the UCI will find a way to make that happen. I do want to say it was clearly rigged because Belgium went one, two in this event. Mm. Um and then second, secondarily, I do want to point out that Team Education First still is continuing in their quest of dominating the alternative calendar. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So good job, Betiol. Um, so we have a lot to talk about in this uh, whole day. We've got some uh, cargo bike talk to the little guy. Been blowing up the Instagram on. We do have the second installment of the hit series Pedal Off Dead um, at the end of this. Lots of great feedback. Tons of listener emails. But first, one of the things we do need to talk about, little guy, you dusted off the Klein, you brought it out, and you uh, you had a good question for us. Uh, yeah, so I so for last year and a half, the Klein has had big swept back wide bars and then like the kid seat on it. And since I got this cargo bike going, I took those bars off. They went on the cargo bike, and I put my narrow mountain bike race bars back on the Klein. And it turns out um, that everybody else in the world was right. And they're horrible. They're absolutely horrible. They're way too narrow. I can't do anything. I was just trying to ride around in the backyard on the little like uh, Tomboon and Tomboon and skills course we got going out there with some plywood. And it's terrible. I can't ride anything. Um, I've seen the light. So I was kind of wondering what, what thing have you resisted? Uh, bike wise, like tech wise, kit wise, just been like that stupid. And then you actually, when you use it, you realize you've been the idiot the whole time. <laughs> so I do think the bars carry some weight, little guy. Cause I remember going to the wide handlebars on my mountain bike, um, at Swift cycle. Cause I used to run a little bit narrower. And then since I was running single speed, um, co-owner Keith Richards, uh, was telling me, um, Hey, you know, if you really want to rock and roll, you got to have the wider, um, <laughs> handlebars. So definitely, <laughs> That is yeah. a good start. Um, I'm trying to think of what big equipment changes I've had in my life of cycling. And if we were going to go like piece by piece of the bike, I still have time pedals since I started in the very beginning. That's never changing. The only thing that has changed besides getting a Moots was that you guys convinced me to go to Campy. And when I went to Campy, I saw the light that I never need an electrical drivetrain whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And that Campy is the way 
of the future because of thumb shifting and how awesome it was. I thought at first, like when I first rode that, I was like, man, I'm never going to get my thumb up here during a sprint to shift down. And then I realized, when am I ever in a sprint that I need to actually hook my <laughs> arm up there to yep. shift down? And when I have been in the sprint, like the half dozen times I've gone for a town line sprint down here in uh, Orlando is pretty much where I started riding campy. Um, I've made do. I've been able to to get my thumb up there, you know, drastic times call for drastic measures. I was able to get the extra, you know, five yeah. centimeters or five millimeters to pull it down. Yeah. What, you, what about you, Spencer? Like, what, what did you find the seat light? For me, I guess it was the campy drivetrain. It was awesome. That's good. I, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't have something quite like little guys, uh, uh, you know, narrow mountain bike bars of the nineties to wide mountain bike bars of, of the modern era. Um, but I mean, I think it has to be disc brakes on a cross bike, which isn't super exciting, but I did resist it for a very long time. And I do still think canties are fine, but I now don't have a cantilevered, uh, 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 cross bike and I will never own one again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, so let me, okay. So Spencer with the disc brakes, any, anything else like besides that like i guess that i mean that makes sense or can we flip it is there something that you've changed to that you wish you could go back to or that you're like you know it really wasn't that bad the way it originally was like i would say i remember going from a carbon fiber bike back to an aluminum bike for a little while frame mm-hmm. and i was like this really isn't that bad like aluminum is totally fine yeah yeah i never had a well i did have a full carbon bike i guess in a way i did i had that full carbon uh, ridley helium and I rode that for a couple of years, and then when I kind of stopped racing so much, I went back to my eight five three Reynolds road bike and was like, "Why did I? Why did I ever get off this? It, it weighs a teeny bit more, and I, I like the way it rides better." You know? Yeah. Do you? I remember you guys. Yeah, I, the frame material definitely important. One of the things I never understood about the industry, though, and Spencer, I, uh, I think you and I have had this conversation: is whenever you look at shoes, like like brand shoes. The most expensive shoe would have like the boa system or some kind of uh, buckle system, and it mm-hmm. weighed like thirty more grams than the second one down, which was just Velcro. Mm-hmm. But no one wanted just Velcro shoes because you look like a bozo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's until you watch a bike race and you watch at least one boa break every bike race. Yeah, so you're like, oh, well, maybe the boas is kind of like the ultimate, like on paper you're like that thing looks amazing i totally want one and then they fail quite a bit well so on that subject i so my like mountain bike cross shoes i have the old yellow mavic i think it's fury or something i don't know what the brand like the model is um so i've had them for years and they're great and i love them and but they're kind of wearing out where the where part of the pedal sort of hits the bottom anyway um so it's time to get a new pair so i looked at the mavic site and the new ones have boa and it I don't want it. I don't want the new one. They look a little different and they have the boa. So I've been like searching eBay for a my size lightly used pair from, you know, seven years ago because I'm that I'm stuck in one little rut now, but I don't want the boa. Do you, Spencer, do you mm-hmm. have anything um, that maybe looks really cool that you th- you're like, oh, that thing's going to be awesome on the bike or when I ride bikes and then when you actually use it, you're like, no, that, that thing is a disaster. Like, yes, Design, 
like, but form does not, or, you know, form, form is definitely more than the function on this piece. Cause one definitely comes to mind for me. Oh, hmm. what comes to mind for you? I need an example of this because egg, uh, egg beaters, egg beaters. You oh. look at them. You're like, oh, yeah. that's a damn good looking <laughs> pedal. That thing that belongs yeah. in MoMA. That thing is fantastic. You're like, oh, it's so good. And then you you hear stories of people using it and they're just yeah. destroyed on the side of the trail or on the yeah. road. Like my pedal yeah. exploded. Well, I well, suppose I mean, that counts for me too then. I switched. So I, I have no experience with this product, but I have to imagine that the uh, that the duplex uh, falls into that okay. uh, category, the Canyon uh, <laughs> double decker handlebar. Oh, looks, it's, looks it's such a great idea to have all these various hand. Oh, what's that sticker say? Don't place hands on this bar. <laughs> yeah. Do you, um, I, so egg beaters, I think are up there. The duplex. Sure. I also think speed play pedals at first look awesome. Oh my God. Cause you're like, those things look great. And then you see someone with a speed, speed play cleats walking into like a cafe and they, they're walking like the penguin from uh bat, the old Batman series. Right? Oh, they like, they're, toes are eight inches in the air i don't care how much uh lean you can get in the turns in a crit there is nothing that justifies the use of speed play pedals yeah it's a, what is up with speed play what is up with pedal inventions anyways i know it's just so much content here but yeah there we go mm-hmm. so guys the other thing that's been happening during our quarantine um that we've all been living is little guy you and i have become experts of the strider um, teaching a huge fan of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, little Heimar is taken off. Uh, you know, Spencer, if you need to go uh, get get a cup of coffee right now, uh, yeah. that'd be yeah. fantastic. Um, yeah, I'll be right back. Little guy, what do you what have you been up to on the Strider Corner? Uh, we've taken little Tumboon Tumboon and did a little skills course a couple times, but I don't know if you've experienced this. Way too many people there. No way to social distance children yes. at, at the local skills course. So we've got a little set up in the backyard with like a board on the ground, like a long two by four on the ground, and then a little ramp um, that goes maybe three inches off the ground in front of it. And then he gets to do a little drop onto this other board and learn to like ride bridges. And since we built this one, he loves it, whips around it like a hundred million times. So excited. But two, as we've just been riding around in the cargo bike, I've been noticing these little skills courses in other people's yards. I've seen little like bank turns and side yards. And then like the only way that would work would be with a strider. It's too small to even pedal, but okay. I, it seems like people are getting into it. So I have not built this yet. We just use a parking lot at the school down the road, mm-hmm. but I have, no- I have noticed going to the mountain bike park that there's a lot of kids and they're all out there and you're like, man, just, you can't like you got to get there super early in the morning before everyone's there. But all right, yeah. I will report back on that. I appreciate the idea on a obstacle course, Strider obstacle course. Any of our listeners, I know a ton of you have kids. Mm-hmm. Send us pictures, send us some ideas. We'd love to see it. Um, hit us on Twitter or at Instagram at the Slow Ride Pod. Um, I would absolutely love it. And then always you can email us. Um, so guys, it was a big day. We have a sh- ton of listener emails and ask slow rides. Um, but first we do need to get a live update from Michael Matthews all the way in Australia on his be cool experience for the virtual lock-in edition of Durand. So, uh, let's, let's head over to Michael. Hi, I'm Hugh Carthy from Education First Cross Cycling and I don't listen to the Flow Ride podcast. All right, guys, this week 
We are brought to you once again by our good friends at Works and their Works HydroShot Power Cleaner. Head on over to yourcleanbike.com and use the promo code GEARUP to save 15%. I need to give a testimonial here. You want to kill time while you're at home with your kids? Clean your bikes and there's nothing better than your kid pulling the HydroShot Power Cleaner trigger. And that when that thing hits into overdrive and it gets really loud and just starts shooting, it's awesome. And it's a good 30 minutes of enjoyment and you get clean bikes out of it. I have the cleanest bikes in town right now. My kid is stoked. He wants to go play squirt guns with his friends because he knows that now he's going to have the ultimate advantage of this, this thing. So what we're hoping to do is when this thing all ends, we'll have the inflatable pool. We'll just put the hose in there. And then we'll be able to, it's got like eight different settings on the nozzle. This thing is fantastic. Yeah. It's the yeah. ultimate tool, not just to clean your bikes, but also to entertain your kids. No, kids love it. I can attest. So Dual purpose. Yeah, I like it. And you can use the battery pack with all the different tools I got. Leaf blower. I've been using that to clean off the porch for my Zwift. But anyways, go to yourcleanbike.com. Use the promo code GEARUP to save 15% from our friends at Works. Yes. Um you can also check out uh, uh, Grimper Brothers over at uh, wideanglepodium.com slash coffee. We've got a brand new blend over there called Viewer Mail, um, which is a fantastic complement to the espresso beans that we've got as well, uh, Cyclocross Friends. And those uh, both purchases of those blends support the network and uh, help us do what we're doing. Um, and it's a very easy way for you to help survive your self isolation, uh, mm -hmm. and also support, uh, the network and all the fine content that we are just, just cranking out, uh, right now, uh, for you guys to help, uh, keep you going, uh, power you through those work from home sessions. So uh, yep. check it out. Check it out. Thanks to our friends at Grimper brothers and, uh, all the other wide angle podium shows head over to wideanglepodium.com to see what else is out there. It's great content. Oh. Cyclocross Radio has been pumping it out as well with tons of great interview mm -hmm. um, episodes. Love to see our friends over at the Gravel Lot, Consummate Athlete, and Bike Shop CX are killing it right now. Bike Shop CX, shout out for their April Cross Challenge on Instagram. Just hashtag April CX Challenge. It has been great. I love to see what they've got uh, up the pipelines. A ton of fun. And mm -hmm. the newest member of the Slow Ride Pod, or sorry, of the Wide Angle Podium Network. His friend of the Slow Ride Pod, Rob Kelly, with the No Training Wheels podcast. Fantastic production. Love yep. what Rob is doing. So check that out called No Training Wheels. It's in its own feed now. And let's get back to the show. So everybody, and uh, yeah, enjoy your Slow Ride podcast. All right, guys, here we are. We are at that time of the show where we are going to read some iTunes reviews. Oh, wait, we haven't gotten any in a while. So go to iTunes and leave <laughs> us a review. One star to five stars. We don't care, but we'd love to read it. But let's get to the emails. There are a ton to discuss. Gentlemen, let me start with friend of the pod, Graham Partain. Hits us up. Not sure where this falls into Hall of Fame talk, but one of my greatest Tim moments in the history of knowing unpredictable bike riders <laughs> like Tim happened around 2012 when Florida cyclocross was in its heyday. This was a course before the FBR and USAC ruined cyclocross in Florida, but that is a rant for another day. 
I was racing with Tim in Tampa at one of our glorious FLCX events. I don't know how I ended up near Tim, but I'm pretty sure it was near the start of the race. So we were going through the first few corners and Tim was swerving all over the place as we worked our way through some sharp turns. We finally came upon our first obstacle. It was a set of two mini barriers, probably four inches high. Very rideable, even if you cannot bunny hop. I'm not that skilled at getting over stuff, but this was a definite ride over kind of barrier. So I go rolling into this section and ended up side by side with twin Tim. I go to begin my ride over the obstacle maneuver when out of nowhere, I get a foot to the chest. I decided Tim last minute decided panicked and had to dismount. He swung his leg over his bike on the wrong side. I might add and knocked me right off my bike. I remember yelling, Tim, no, but it was too late. I took a high kick to the side of off the course and I went to the ground. One of my favorite moments in bike racing history. Tim, what were you thinking? Well, clearly, Graham, I couldn't bunny hop, and you were on the wrong side of me. Everyone knows I get off on the drive side. Uh, it's dangerous. I recall yeah. you, you guys trying to teach me to be a non-drive yeah. side dismounter. Yeah, but, we spent a long time. It was hard. Do you think for just safety's sake, especially in those Cat 4, four or 5 races, all the um, goofy side dismounters should have to raise their hands at the start so people know because when you go like i understand when he's thinking like you go into a uh, an obstacle something you got to jump off maybe and you sort of assume everyone's getting off on that left side so you maybe set up on the right right because you know you'll have a little bit of room but then suddenly two of you are occupying the same space and obviously you know you might be good to know that you know just like the goofy footers raise their hands at the start they get shamed no i think you're wrong I think you're wrong because I, I think that they shouldn't be raising hands. I think they should all have helmet covers. But that's like, like kind of subtle. Maybe like little flags on their helmet. <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> oh, Graham, thanks for uh, reaching out to us. That was a uh, classic. Um, and always fun when we talk about the old uh, Florida cyclocross days. Another great email comes into us from Michael Naylor. Hits us up. Hey guys, your favorite St. Louis listener here. If you haven't already, you need to watch the Tour de Flanders documentaries on the Flanders Classic YouTube channel. A great way to kill some time. Highlights include the very end of 101 and the middle of 102 when riders are asking for jackets. Take Claire from Beatus618. We love Mike. He's a good friend. I have not watched these, but I will say that um, Beatus is not the first person to recommend those to us have you guys had a chance to watch any of those documentaries i have not though i have actually watched some parts some flanders while i was on the trainer but i didn't actually pull up those docs you know so i definitely want to check them out um i don't know what exactly i'd be like looking for right away but uh i mean belgian racing is very exciting this time of year and and naturally we are uh, missing out on it um all right we got another great email here from david bell david hits us up dudes Fairly new to the podcast, so I may be missing an inside joke, but Val Probably. Kilmer did not play Ivan Drago in Rocky Four. Dolph Lundgren did. It's been two weeks. Google is your friend. Thanks and keep up the good work. David Bell. <laughs> so, uh, Tim, this this uh, misspeak, and I'm sure it was just a misspeak, um, was uh, was one of your lines in the uh, podcast script uh, from a couple sure weeks ago? So I don't know if we have to fire some of our writers or um, or the intern just didn't uh, fact check everything for us before we went to press. But uh, yeah, 
Um, it's it's tough here in the uh, self-isolation days. We can't uh, keep the same staff around that we normally have. So I do like the idea that he thinks that you know, we were going to correct it within the last two weeks, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like he points oh, out, right, hey, right. it's been two weeks, guys. Like, where's the issue? The, the correction here. Was a, yeah, a great... we're, we're still working out. We've got a backlog of corrections <laughs> that we need to get to. That's uh, uh, going to take us a little longer than two weeks. But I will say thanks for uh, coming over to the podcast and listening. Uh, keep uh, paying attention because uh, we have uh, more great uh, wide angle podium uh uh, shows we talk about and all this other great stuff. So thanks for hanging out. Uh, we got another one here. Josh Chandler. I hope you guys will forgive a little bit of sentimentality. Did I crush that? I think so. I know in the green room I said it like 18 times, but I wanted to say a quick thank you. Over the last two weeks, all this coronavirus has gotten pretty heavy, and the other day it was weighing on me pretty hard. Listening to your pod brought a much-needed breath of fresh air and a feeling of being a little less alone. It helped me get through a really rough day. Well, thanks, Josh. That does uh, yeah. mean a lot to all of us. It does. Um, yeah. I'm glad that Dirty Kanza isn't happening this year. Eh. Sorry, Josh. We just broke the news that they are scheduling for September 12th because it would have been a real shame to lose to Tim or Spencer or both out there. Ooh, wow, little guy. That's a shot across your bow from Josh. I love it. Sure is. Yeah, yeah. I like Josh <laughs> even more. The, the podcast just wouldn't have been the same. So I guess there's a little bit of silver lining in all the current craziness. Also, I'm on the edge of my seat waiting for the next installment of Pedal Off Dead. So good. I hope you guys and your families are healthy and doing well. Thanks again and keep up the good words. It's much appreciated. Well, Josh, thanks a lot for the email. Pedal Off Dead is back for its second episode at the end of the mm -hmm. pod. And uh, we will keep trucking away because obviously there's more than enough cycling content to talk about. Yeah, yeah. but so. I really appreciate it. And this, I think this has helped all of us. At least it's helped me have something to focus on, not just the doom of the world. Yeah, so, little guy, you've, uh, you've gotten a lot of... Positive feedback about this pedal off dead. Um, we, we might uh, have pilot, to tap the brakes on that episode <laughs> that came out. Um, yeah, because uh, I, I'll just be frank. I didn't expect uh, any positive feedback to be, you know, to be honest. And and it really, it's been coming uh, fast and furious. So, <laughs> well, good job. Let's see how uh, we'll see how episode uh, two pans out mm -hmm. we'll see how see if i can tie up this story uh well, by this the is, end of episode well, three this story thread we'll see so far yeah, episode one is, the editing and sound effects have been out of this world right uh, well yeah. little guy's gotta come with his uh his empire strikes back here for episode two <laughs> um <laughs> or or is it a sophomore uh, slump yeah that's right hey well, i will see you know i mean we're at the middle we're at the middle of the story this is a three three episode arc so we're at the middle of the story so you know i mean we'll see fellas this email comes from us from Dr. Brandon Conine. Of course, we have gotten great emails from Brandon over the years. Fellas, I was recently on a ride with a few friends pre-COVID-19 lockdown. I noticed there was one guy that had a stars and stripes on his jersey armbands. Hmm. Nice. Been there before. I, I, I know this feeling. You're, you're, you're surrounded by a legend when you see it. You're just like, oh, is that, is that Freddy Rodriguez? Like, like, who is that over there? Um, and Brandon says... Now, this guy is well-known in the local cycling community, but we had never ridden together. He was a previously well-known racer in his day and even a, a prior world tour mechanic. I knew he won some state titles previously, but I was curious about his armbands and decided to ask him about it. I want to just interject here, editor's note. It is kind yeah. of a risky move to ask someone about 
about something like it because they want you to ask them about it. This is like asking a recumbent rider about their recumbent <laughs> and they're going to talk to you about their recumbent for a while. So, mm-hmm. so this is uh-huh. risky. When we get back to group rides, if you see something that has that's a little out of place, like just a little goofy, like a bike is one thing, unless it's a really goofy bike. You know, like people add, like say something nice about Mammoth. So I'm like, yeah, because I kind of like just, you know, nod like, yeah, tell me about it. But um, <laughs> when someone goes up to a world champion or uh, Ameri- Mammoth's way there. Yeah. yeah. The uh-huh. U.S. stars and stripes on the sleeves. Like you are you're in for a conversation, Brendan, just warning you. You should have known this before you did this. Uh-huh. I almost crashed when he told me that his armbands were for winning the Masters Tandem National Championships approximately 10 years ago. Nice. This sparked quite a debate amongst my friends. Can you even wear armbands for a tandem championship while riding solo? Is there a time limit? <laughs> Is there a time limit cutoff when you stop sporting the bands? Personally, I think it's amazing. Better believe I'd rock those bands for eternity, regardless of the event. Your thoughts, mm-hmm. Brandon. Okay. So yeah. much here. Yeah, there's a lot. First question is the obvious one. Can you wear those armbands when you're not riding with your tandem partner? Now, that's a tricky one. Oh, Because, really? I mean, there's so many scenarios here. Um, you know, if you got paired up with somebody who doesn't live locally, uh, would you? are you just never allowed to wear them? That, that doesn't seem fair. Are you the so. stoker? Do you get to, like, if you're the stoker, I would think that you probably only get, like, what, two armbands and the, the captain gets one because he's not doing as much work? Yeah, the captain gets the full sleeve. Captain gets the full uh, sleeve, like a downhill yeah. sleeve? Yeah. Yeah. I think you just wear them, man. You just wear them. Okay, so, like, so, you, so we're in agreement it, that you can wear them whenever you want. So you don't I need think to you wear them whenever your, you want. If anybody yeah. questions it, you play it off like, oh, you know, you know how it is. The only thing, the only clean jersey I had right now was the one with my national champion stripes on it. Right. Like, what what are they going to do? Call you out on that? I mean, come on. You're like, <laughs> so, and this is just, the next, the next question I think also is very valid. Is there a time limit for when you should stop wearing these? And here's why I asked that. And I'm with Brandon on asking this question. There's nothing worse than when you're putting in your team custom order Right? Like you're getting your custom order together for your squad. Uh Brandon's out there with his boys. He just won the Masters National Championship on the tandem. And Brandon's Uh like, guys, I need to get a special jersey that has the bands. That's a whole other order process and design process to get that one or two jerseys made with the armbands. Yep. Like that's a, are they going to meet the minimum? Are they not now? They're definitely closer to meet the minimum if it's a tandem, because then you could maybe get both tandem <laughs> riders to get uh-huh. the same jersey. But um, what do you think, Spencer? Like after ten years, do you just kind of stop with the the special request? Um, so I'm of two minds here because uh, the the situation that you present is uh, one that I've been in as a as a team kind of director order taker for kits and and coordinator. Um. And I say, yeah, yeah, obviously, um, you know, use some common sense. <laughs> but at the same time, if I uh, were able to rock any sort of stripes on my sleeves, there's absolutely no way I would ever stop. So I can't hardly blame anyone now, for continuing the tradition, uh, you know, let's, infinitely. Let's rank national championship titles. So little guy, you've got like the tandem, right? Get, at the mm-hmm. top yeah well so the, the, we can go top or bottom so the, let's just let me throw out there <laughs> Most, what they are the you've options, got yeah you got road right you got uh-huh. crit mountain bike downhill cyclocross 
And then my favorite is that they issue a team national championship for the collegiate category. So you could be like a national champion because you were on a college team that maybe like you did an event and you like didn't even finish the event. But since you were part of the team, <laughs> you won the national omnium. Um, I would think that if you're going to rank how awesome they are, that you need to hold on to it forever. Tandem is second underneath the collegiate national championship where you didn't do anything. Right. Then tandem, then at the bottom is road. And if you're the road national champion, come on, buddy, give it up. You know, like you, like you won the road championship. Everyone already knows it. You don't need to have the armbands. Hmm. Right. Really? I'd say if you got the tandem, <laughs> chances are you have a wool jersey anyway. So why not just get patches <laughs> made and have them sewn on? Patches are a good way. Or maybe so like, uh, that saves everybody the trouble like of doing the team order. And then you just get, you know, you just <laughs> custom up every jersey you got. Got an email here at Slurride pod at gmail.com from paul balzer as many as have many i've taken time to rebuild my bikes on an early 80s mercs with campy super record what is the preferred brake cam cables in front of the handlebars or behind hope you stay brutally frank with your opinions paul so campy super so, record early yeah. it's a it's a mercs i'm sure it looks great do you yeah. put the cables in front of the handlebars or behind this is a this is, this a, is tricky a tough one. question yeah a lot of personal vibes here. Yeah, so a couple years ago when I built up that Medici I got, I hadn't had uh, like non-aero levers in a long time, and I started setting it up one night, and I thought I came onto this problem is that I I couldn't tell what made more sense before, so I ended up kind of doing some Google searches to see if I was a complete idiot and I was going to put them on wrong and get made fun of instantly, and it turns out people kind of go both ways. So I think it is like Spencer yeah. says, personal vibe, you know. I think I'd put it in the front. It kind of matters how you personally, like if you're on the hoods, well, but think about it. You got to think about how if you have your hands on the hoods and then you want to like mm -hmm. bring your hands up to like adjust your coat or something like what is your personal uh, arc, your personal arm arc? Um, and you want to well, just put the cables in a position that they're not going to run into because being you not not used to having cables out in the wind when you go back to those sort of cables I definitely a couple times like went to just like adjust a glove and just stuck my hand into a cable. You're doing and, a lot of adjustments, little guy. I'm a little worried because the only thing I'm adjusting is my national championship stripes on my sleeves. I'm sorry, Tip. <laughs> some of us, some of us have to ride. Some of us occasionally ride below 50 degrees, so we might have more than just a short sleeve jersey on. You know, so you might have to yeah. like adjust something a little bit. Um, I'm just saying, you know, you got to. It's it's a personal feeling. I think it kind of goes wherever. If you look at the old old pro photos, it's there's no consistency. I think I'm going to have them in the front. All right. Either way, I want to see the picture. Paul, yeah. what did you do? Send us a picture. Hit us <laughs> up on email or put it on the Instagram at the Slow Ride Pod. Um, we'd love to check it out. You can, DMs are open. Um, also, Graham Pratt emailed us. Warn your listener. Hey, guys. First off, thanks for continuing the pod. We need continuity in our lives right now, and you guys are helping me with that. Oh, thanks, man. I guess we got to keep this going, including Pedal Off Dead. Uh. <laughs> I've been thinking of two things that I wanted to share with you. First... The listener from several episodes ago that wrote in to say he was starting from the beginning may not yet be current with your podcast. I've been worried about him, and I think you have a unique chance to warn him of the coming pandemic. Think hard on what your message will be. Do you want him not to sign up for organized bike rides in the months of April or July? Would you warn others not to train for Dirty Kansas? 
This should be a weekly discussion of things we would do differently. So first off, what are some what is some recent advice that we should definitely say don't do? If we could go back and change it. So uh, I think first and foremost, the one thing we would need to, if we could warn this this gentleman about one thing, it's to cancel his uh, flow bike and his NBC Sports Gold uh, <laughs> subscriptions before the 2020 season. He's not going to understand. He's going to think we're crazy, but we're going to have to tell him not to re-up those January 1 and just to trust us on this one. Take the $200 and invest it in telecom stocks. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Second, secondly, and completely different subject. I have been annoyingly, I have an annoyingly loud coffee grinder that I use every day. Each time I grind beans, it shuts down any conversation for at least 15 seconds and it drives my household crazy. All I can think of before I hit the switch is Bling Matthews, and then I immediately am lost into the noise. My wife asks why I'm laughing when I grind beans. I have you guys to thank. Keep it up. Uh, that's good. I like that a lot. That's fantastic. I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. Oh, so here's the question. Have we, I think we've, our general initial hate on Bling Matthews has kind of pulled a little bit of a 180 that I'm kind of becoming his secret fan. Like biggest fan, not so secret anymore. This is what always happens. We do this. We always like. Do this. At what level? Okay, he, so we've got a couple of things working for us positively. He hasn't uh-huh. blocked us on Twitter or Instagram yet. Yeah, that's true. I've checked. <laughs> now we have a lot of Australian listeners. Some who even claim that they were in like his riding club to start. Uh-huh. Who's going to hook us up with the Bling Matthews interview? And what would be like the first question you guys would want to ask him now? Cause the first question we would ask Blaine Matthews, we got to like kind of thread a needle. Cause like you don't want him to hang up on the interview right away. So we can't go all like Blink, right. Tell me about the tattoo. Oh, I was going to say, show us your tats. That's the first. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Right. Um, do you go like, Hey bling, remember me from Richmond 20, uh, 2015. I tried interviewing you and you just walked away. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know how to do, but I, I think either. that's a good that's a good approach. I think you should start with that one. But uh, Bling, this was your year, man. Don't give up. You don't need to unplug the computer trainer. Nothing happened. We'll get them back. But uh, thanks I, to uh, to Graham for that awesome email. And then we also got Cameron Clayton hit us up. This one is actually interesting. Well, they're all interesting, but this one's good. <laughs> hey, yeah. hey okay. Slow Ride Podcast. I'm curious if your organization has any comment on the recent tweet by former member of the Movistar squad regarding indoor training. Of course, this is Landa. Leaving aside the disturbing racial undertones and dubstep soundtrack, I found the use of an axe as opposed to a trident to be quite symbolic. <laughs> is Landa implying that he is now that he now has sole leadership of the Bahrain Macreda squad? Or uh, sorry, Bahrain McLaren squad. Also, do you think that it was a mistake to destroy his trainer? Don't you think indoor racing would offer him the perfect opportunity to once and for all prove that he could do without pesky team leadership questions in a way? Yeah. I mean, there's so much here. One is Landa put out this, I guess, mini movie of him <laughs> taking an axe to his trainer and destroying it. Like, but it was like an old magnet trainer, and okay. But and it did have some weird like jump cuts to, I don't even know what like I don't it wasn't it was a it's weird funeral. tweet. 
There's funeral, funeral. scenes. Yeah. Um, and then, so first off, why are you destroying a trainer? Trainers are like gold right now. That that is, you could trade you could trade that trainer trainer for at least forty eight <laughs> rolls of toilet paper. I mean, that is the ultimate bartering <laughs> thing right now is uh-huh. a trainer. Um, secondarily, yes, indoor racing will solve Landa's problems because it would just be him out there. He would be well, the team leader of one. I was going to say when we read this one earlier, I was going to say that, yeah, less mechanical trouble. And that would be a thing because he always mm-hmm. gets behind in the first bit of the week. But now after we saw what happened to Michael Matthews, I'm thinking Landa would find a way. He would find uh, a way to lose time. He always does. First week. Come on. Yeah. The I just I'm still stuck on this gif that you captured, Tim, of uh, of Ling. <laughs> just downtrodden and the look he gives off camera to what I can only assume assume is the IT department at his house <laughs> is just classic. Like he has been training. He's in, he's in peak form for bling. Yeah. Like this is what he does. And man, it's just spot on. I'm so sad that he's not racing right now because the, his, his excuse level is, is peaking perfectly. <laughs> And final email for the week. This one comes to us, friend of the pod, Scott Lundy, who's a doctor, by the way. Um, so he, he climbed off the titanium uh, uh, bike to uh, give us this question. Slow Ride Pod Amazing. says, Cipollini has done far too much to tarnish his reputation over the fast few, few years to be included in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Also on the Slow Ride yeah. Pod, Jan Ulrich is our first unanimous pick. What a legend. <laughs> Scott Led goes Scott Led goes forward to link three stories with Go the on. following headlines. Disgraced Tour of France rider Jan Ulrich fined for assaulting yep. escort. Yep. Jan Ulrich arrested for jumping Till Schwieger's fence in Mallorca. <laughs> Forgot about that one. Jan Ulrich given suspended sentence and probation for drunk driving. All the best. I hope you guys are still staying safe in this crazy time. <laughs> Scott, Scott, thank you so much you know, for the yeah. call out. Um, let me explain it to you. Jan Ulrich, still a unanimous selection into the Slow Ride Podcast Hall of Fame. Cipollini? Eh. I mean, maybe. I, a couple of other... I will say this. I have gotten more personal text messages about Cipollini not being included in our Hall of Fame than anybody else. And this is that kind of like, right. do you hate the artist? Do you hate the art kind of situation? Like, at what point... Right. Do you respect that he won what is it, like fifty seven grand tour stage wins? Yeah. Um, and you just to discount them just to discount him the way we did, you know, definitely right. ruffled some people's feathers the wrong way. I think the so. thing for me though is that uh Kiplini's a psychopath and seems like an <laughs> ass. And Ulrich just seems like a I mean, not to like uh, a victim give, of the East German state. Yeah, and also just seems like a guy w- with some serious uh, mental troubles right now that he's working through. Not to say that that gives him a pass on anything, but um, it does feel like he's coming from a different place than Cipollini, who just seems like an entitled prick. Yeah. I mean, you know, if Cipollini had won the tour, you know, maybe it would be a different story, but uh, he didn't. So, second round. It, if well, we didn't let one entitled prick into the club that won the That's tour, true. supposedly. Yeah. Yeah, so, well, if Ulrich was our answer, like, Ulrich is who we put our hopes in against the guy that we also didn't allow into the, our official <laughs> Hall of Fame. Look, Scott, we love the email. Thanks. But you know what? Create your own Hall of Fame, all right? <laughs> like, I'll tell you what, Scott, when we build our Hall of Fame, and it's going to be amazing, 
Um, we will we'll give you a VIP tour of what it's done. But I do appreciate the call oh, out. Sure. I love that. Not only, I mean, uh-huh. I don't know if he has a Lexus Nexus search that he did for Jan Ulrich of uh, and you know crimes. I, the only things missing were remember when Ulrich <laughs> did the ecstasy uh, when he was mm-hmm. on band because that was a classic. Yeah. That I actually enjoyed that one. Um, yeah, so so good stuff just, all the way across the board. You just got to find that video of him smoking like nine cigarettes at once to start feeling bad for him and start making excuses you know, for him mentally. I'm starting to think, guys, that this uh, self-isolation um, situation is going to be bad for us as people start to Google things that we say <laughs> and uh, fact check us themselves. I'm starting to think, yeah, there's That's trouble. Can, the people with, sure. without kids or the people that kids are old enough to be able to play on their own are going to be spending a lot of time looking at all the errors that we've been making. Well, it means that they're going to be able to do more research for this podcast than, than at least two thirds of us will have the time for. So it's true. Uh, well, Scott, thanks again for the email. We'd like to thank all of the um, listeners of the pod that sent it in. You can always uh, submit your own at the slow ride pod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the slow ride. And I think we just got to wrap it up. Little guy. We had two ass slow rides that came in about apples. Two? Two. Okay. They're all kind of the same. First off, Scott <laughs> hits us up and says, when is little guy going to talk about apples again? So, Scotty, we're taking care of you. <laughs> then we got hash slow t- hashtag slow ride from Ben. Hoping little guy can give us a deep analysis of the Snapdragon Monster Crunch Apple from New York. Yeah. Um. Little guy, that is not up your alley. It's just a little too uh, sweet, right? Um, well, I will have to admit, I've never tried this apple. I do not live in New York uh, or the tri-state area. So if somebody wants to send me some Snapdragon Monster Crunches when they're in season, I would be happy to review them. A Snapdragon or, Monster Crunch seems like a... Uh, it seems like I'm not going to like it. It sounds like it a Cliff Bar seem, flavor, doesn't it? It does sound <laughs> like, like a Cliff Bar flavor. It's a little too much for me. I, I am, uh, and Spencer, you like this, I'm of the, I, I love a good apple that's got like a, just a Spencer or something, you know, just has a, mm-hmm. or like a Herald Sweet, you know, something that sounds um, like when that, when something like a Herald Sweet or something was like the most uh, elaborate name, you know, like it's, it's like Herald and yeah. Sweet. Tim, what was the name of that apple again? One more time. The snap, the Snapdragon Monster Crunch. It's a lot. It sounds mouthful. like, it sounds like it's the Mountain Dew Code Red <laughs> Gamer Edition yeah. of apples. Yeah. Very, very good point. Who knows? It might be a good apple, but uh, I'll get to it at some point. Do you guys hear that? You know what sound that sound is? It's time for episode two of Pedal Off Dead. <laughs> Previously on L.A. Law, I mean previously on Pedal Off Dead, Inspector LBS had just been paired with Onza. Look, Onza, I usually work alone. If we do this, you play by my rules. We work 9 to 6, Tuesday through Friday, noon to 5, Saturday and Sunday, and we're closed on Monday. Except Tuesdays during crit season, then we close early because we sponsor a preem. Okay, okay, I get it. But how do people know about the schedule changes? I might post something on Facebook and Twitter. Plus, we have a little sign I hang on the door that says, Go on riding. Look, LBS, I don't exactly want a partner either. At least not one like you. I've worked with some real cranks in the past. Good ones. 
I'm about ready to retire to a nice vintage parts case. I don't need no LBS telling me what and how to do my job. <laughs> Where are you retiring? First flights. Gonna set me up uh, with a nice spot in the display case. Plus, if a Barracuda comes in, I've got first dibs. Always wanted to be on one of those. Well, that does sound nice. Thought you'd be more of a ProFlex guy. But uh, when you're done dreaming about hardtails, we got a case to crack. Thought you'd uh, show a little more sympathy for these young petals cut down in their prime. I'm assuming you were young once. Don't judge a petal by its hard anodized exterior. I have stresses and micro cracks like every other outlaw out there. You got any place to start? Well, now that you mention it, I do know a petal that stresses easier than most. Uh, let's go for a little shakedown ride. See what he knows. Hello, Hello egg beater. beater. Where's uh, Candy? Out for a ride? Hello, LBS. Hey, Onza. Haven't seen you for a while. Didn't uh, know it was vintage night. Oh, shut up, egg. Answer the nice bike shop's questions. Yeah, all right, all right. Don't get all cross-threaded with me just because you haven't been on a ride in years. Yeah, she's out for a ride. Why? Um, What happened? Uh, nothing, Egg. I'm sure she's fine. You guys better not be fooling me. Not like that kid that said he had on my cleats, but they were really SPDs. Damn, that hurt. Nah, Egg, buddy. We just want to ask you a few questions. Look, what do you know about time? And look, I don't know nothing. Why, do, why would I know anything about some French pedals getting their bearings all blown out? Seems like a 35-hour workweek problem to me, huh? We didn't say anything about bearings, Egg. Well, what more do you know? What's, look, I, I've heard. You know, uh, Crank's been talking. That's all just people spinning off about it. Tell us, Egg. I'm losing elastomer attention with you. Look, I got nothing to tell you guys. Well then, Egg, I guess you wouldn't mind if we went for a little mountain bike ride, uh, then would you? Maybe tackle some steep, low-cadence ascents? Nothing uh, too stressful. What's up, Egg? You looking a little greasy. You blow a seal? That's a bushing, I hear, disintegrating? Uh, no, I'm fine. I, I've, I gotta wait here for Candy, though, you know? She's, uh, she's gonna need a rebuild when she gets home. So that rebuild kit on the table isn't for you, Egg? Come on. We all know that Candy has that added platform that both increases power transfer and ever so slightly increases bearing and bushing life? Uh, look, look, look. Yeah? yeah? I, I've heard some talk, that's all. Like I said, some crank's been talking. One day the pedal's fine, the next it comes apart. Bearings failing, spindles separating from bodies. Hell, even spring shooting off. Sounds like nothing out of the ordinary for you. Look, Onza. This is serious. I'd watch it if I were you. I'm not fooling around. You're no spring chicken. Whoever's doing this is sick. I'm used to a little scheduled maintenance and all. Yeah, I bet. Hey, different, Onza. Maybe you can laugh about it because you're headed for the display case, but some of us are still manufactured. That's it, Egg. I'm just going to take whoa, you out whoa, the back. Whoa, whoa, He's not worth it, Onza. At least not on the used market. Thanks for the info, Egg. Take care of those bearings. I'm sure we'll be seeing each other. Onza, let's head back to the shop and... Oh, oh, look at the time. Five o'clock already. Well, in that case, I'm headed home to watch some old uh, World Cycling production VHS tapes. Uh, let's meet back at the shop at uh, 9 a.m. sharp. We'll go... Why don't you... I mean, well, and, and see you in the morning. Yeah. Back at the shop, 9 a.m. the next morning. 
Hey, you cleat. What's happening? How are the repairs going? Oh, they're going great, boss. Have you seen this latest issue of Velo News? Nah, I've been a little busy. <clears throat> Over I, here, guys. I mean, uh, we've been a little busy on this uh, on this pedal case. Oh man, you you got to check out this new derailleur. It's electronic, man. Uh, another one? Uh, yeah. It, Who this time? Mavic Zap. It looks amazing. It's the future. It's not 1992. You got to start riding uh, with a helmet. I always wear a hairnet when I ride, boss. You know that. Uh, look, Cleet. Any pedals come in for repair? Anything suspicious? Eh, not much. Just a couple of Garmin and PowerTap pedals. Uh, both were mumbling about something. They, they seemed really scared, but uh, once they saw each other, they just started arguing about Watts and FTP, so I had to separate them. <laughs> Kids and their computers. Come on, Anza. Show a little sympathy for how these other pedals feel. At least they can count. You should talk. Didn't even ask for my torque specs. I've got a sensitive titanium axle, you know. Or did you even notice? Huh, how was that to know? I thought you were stainless. You could have asked or done a quick Google search. I don't have time to wade through vintage mountain bike forums to make you feel special, Onza. We've got a case to crack. Or did you forget? Can you two just stop fighting and come check out this Mavic group set? Help, I think I broke my... Join us next week for the exciting conclusion of Pedal Off Dead. We got a case to crank. We'd like to thank, once again, everybody that listens to the Slow Ride Podcast and members of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Go to wideanglepodium.com to check out the slate of shows. I'd like to thank... Our good friends over at Works for the HydroShot Power Cleaner. Go to yourcleanbike.com, enter the promo code GEARUP to save 15% on your very own power cleaner. And we'd like to thank our friends at Grimper Brothers Coffee for their continued support and their brand new viewer mail blend that you can get by going to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando, Florida. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston reminding you to wave at all your fellow cyclists so you see out in Be Cool and Swift. <laughs> the Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. 